Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. We hope it encourages you to live and love like Jesus. You know, friends, ours is an ancient faith, but it's an ancient faith that equips us for modern life. Amen? Amen. So this morning, as we do the gospel reading, I'm going to ask you to engage in, in, in an ancient practice. I'm going, to, I'm going to stand you up as we hear the gospel. So as you are able, please stand for this reading from Luke's gospel. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Very early in the morning on the first day of the week, the women went to the tomb bringing the fragrant spices they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. They didn't know what to make of this. Suddenly, two men were standing beside them in gleaming bright clothing. The women were frightened and bowed their faces toward the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He isn't here, he has been raised. Remember when he told you, while he was still in Galilee, that the human one must be handed over to sinners, be crucified, and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words. When they returned from the tomb, they reported all these things to the eleven and the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. Their words struck the apostles as nonsense, and they didn't believe the women. But Peter ran to the tomb, and when he bent over to look inside, he saw only the linen cloth. Then he returned home, wondering what had happened. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please have a seat. Well, our journey through Lent and Holy Week is finally done. We're finally here to Resurrection Day. See, I'm doing a new thing. We've been looking at that theme all the way through this series, uh, those words from God to God's people through the prophet Isaiah long ago. God is always doing a new thing. And so we look to see what new things God is doing, and we've been looking at that through some of the uh, themes of return, rebuild, renew, revive, and today rejoice. Now, rejoicing, I used to always think of as a, just a churchy word. You know, that's just a Bible word. Uh, rejoice simply means to experience and express joy. Uh, that's really all it means, experience and express joy. Rejoice can be used in a whole lot of different contexts, a lot of different places. And so we have a lot to rejoice about, obviously, on Resurrection Day. And I know for some of you, it took extra effort to be here today. Some of you have kids, and you had to try to wrangle them into the new clothes, and surely one of them said, I don't want to wear this today. Or they'd already gotten into the Easter candy, and they were a little bit buzzed this morning, right? But even some of the adults, some of you dress up nicely, right? I mean, you do something extra. You, or I, I had a tie on earlier. Twice a year I wear a tie, and I got as far as I could. And you may have somewhere to go after this. There may be an Easter brunch you're going to. There may be 
Uh, you know, you may be going to someone's house. They may be coming to your house. You may be thinking, I got to get home and make my famous dip for this gathering and, and all that's spinning in your head. And, and now, now that I've said all that, that's really spinning in your head, isn't it? You're welcome for that. But the good news is, is that all those things will get done. You'll have a great day. And those things will not be any bigger or harder at the end of this service than they were at the beginning. So sometimes maybe a collective deep breath helps to settle in just a little bit. But, you know, that's much of, much of life is about those things. All those things you've got to get done, right? You have stuff to do. Whether it's, it's getting the, the kids ready in the morning or going to work and you've got to make sure and go by the grocery store and there's cooking and there's cleaning and there's laundry and there's paying the bills and there's doctor visits and there's just, you've got stuff to do. Every day we've got stuff to do. We're always moving in through those kinds of things. And yes, it can feel uh, monotonous at times. Sometimes boring can get tiring where you just start thinking, man, here I am, I'm just, uh, I, I go to bed just so I can get up and do the, all this again tomorrow. And it just feels like you're rolling the proverbial rock up the hill one more time. It'd be great to have a magic answer to this. Uh, you know, uh, you might remember the Jetsons. You know, we used to, as kids, some of us used to dream, someday life's going to be like the Jetsons, that when it's time, you just push a button and a meal pops out, right? Or you push a button and the house gets cleaned. That'd be awesome. And there, are, and there are products now that promise you an easier life. Just buy this product and your life gets easier. Yeah. The myth of the effortless life. The myth of the effortless life. I mean, one of these days, you're not even going to have to drive yourself. The myth of the effortless life. Trying to help you change your expectation of what life is supposed to be like. Can those products really deliver on that? Yeah, those would be great, but we got stuff to do in the meantime. And that's really where our scripture begins today. The women, early on Sunday morning, are headed to the tomb where Jesus' body has been laid. Remember, in those days, it didn't, you know, we, when we think of burial, we think of burying in the ground. They, they had used tombs, and they would carve out caves in the rock formations, and that's where they would lay the deceased. And then when, it, when, when they had done what they needed to do, they would roll a, a, literally a rock they had car chiseled into like a giant disc. And they would roll that over the entrance of the tomb. And so a Sunday morning, they had to go back and finish all that needed to be done. Because remember, on Friday, when Jesus died, it was in the afternoon when he died. And they really just kind of ran out of time to get everything finished. Ah, it's not that it was so late and so dark. It's because these were Jewish folks. And so the next day was Sabbath. And what's the, you know, the Sabbath, the day, the commandment is, on that day you shall not work. You will rest, because even the Lord God rested on the seventh day. And so these folks, to observe the Sabbath, had to get home for the Sabbath. But, you, but see, sat, Saturday is the Sabbath, yes. But remember, the Hebrew day is different than everybody else's kind of day. It doesn't begin at sunrise. It begins at sunset the even, evening before. 
So even to this day, the Jewish Sabbath begins at sunset on Friday. So they had done all the preparations that they could get done. They had to get home because that's, that's just what you do. So they had gone home. But you don't know what that's like. You're working on something and you really wish you could finish it today, but you realize there's no way I can get this done today. I have to, come, have to take it up in another couple of days. So here they were going back to the tomb because they had stuff to do. This would have been for anybody. It wasn't because it was just for Jesus. It was just someone had died. And so they're doing the things that they did to prepare uh, appropriately the body for final burial. And as they're getting there, they see that stone had been rolled away. Now, I would think their heart began to race and, and their mind was racing as well, trying to figure out what would that mean and none of it's good. How can anything, this can't be good. And they get there and step into the tomb. Sure enough, the body is not there. Oh, this really is not good. What in the world happened? And suddenly there were these two guys there in gleaming white clothes. They were angels, we learn. And I love the question they asked. What a profound question. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Why are you looking for the living among the dead? And, and you, could, you could actually just change a few words here and there and, and ponder that question over and over and over, right? Why are you looking for something that is life-giving when very clearly it is life-depleting? Why, why are you looking for a meaning among things that don't promise any future? Why are you looking for love in shallow relationships? Why? Profound question. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? For he has risen. He is not here. So they go back to tell the disciples. Now, we don't really know. Sometimes the Bible is pretty good about expressing the emotion of what's going on. Here, we don't know what's going on. What Did the women, when the angel said that, did they go, yes, or did they go, what? i gotta, I got to process this. I, we don't know. They just left to go back to the apostles and tell them what was going on. And so they go back, and the apostles dismissed it as nonsense. What? Right? These are the disciples. They were with Jesus all the time. And, and we, you kind of scratch your head. How could they not be excited about this? Now, in, in that day and time, um, culturally, women were not uh, thought to be reliable witnesses about anything. And so, so that was probably part of what was going on. We know better than that now, but we, that was probably some of that going on. But what was really going on is that the disciples couldn't get it. They had given up. They had given up. This, this, this person they had followed around, all this hope they had generated, this vision for the future, and that all died on Friday. And to them, it's done. It's over. So, no, it sounds like wishful thinking. Thanks very much. That's all there is. Now, we know that's mostly true uh, because in the, if, we, if I just kept reading, or if Dale just kept reading, then um, what we would have seen is that great story where uh, some of the disciples were traveling away from Jerusalem, because remember it was all the Passover. People had come from the surrounding towns and villages to Jerusalem. The city was packed for the Passover. And so then when all that's done, all the festivities are over, they go back home. And so as they're going home, some of them are on this road, and this, this guy just kind of joins along in the group, a stranger. And as they're walking along, they start 
talking about? What's, what all has been happening in Jerusalem? And what, what happened? And they're like, you don't know what happened in Jerusalem? And, they, and as they talk, the person, the stranger says, well, but doesn't the scripture say these things? And don't we believe that would happen? And, and they have this really spirited conversation. They get to the, a village where they're going to stay for the night. It's the village of Emmaus. And they get there, and, uh, and, and they, they settle in, and they're going to have a meal, and they get there for the meal. And this guy grabs some bread, and he blesses it, and he breaks it. And the disciples see, oh my goodness, all this time it's been Jesus walking with us along the road. He is risen. Oh my goodness. And then they start remembering. Remember, he said, that. remember that time? And all of a sudden it begins to fall into place. Now that's actually also what the angels told the women in the tomb. When they said, he is not here, he is raised. And they said, remember Jesus' words. He said, I must be given over to sinners. I, must, I will be crucified and I will be raised on the third day. And they remembered that word, remember, it's not just a, the idea of a recall. It's, it's the idea of an insight that has power to it. Now, maybe you've had an experience like that sometime in your life. You wonder why, why the life is the way it is. You wonder why you are the way you are. You wonder why so-and-so is the way they are. And, and then you remember something. Oh, I remember that time that that happened. Oh, and it, it changes your perspective, right? It's the kind of remembering that changes you. You see differently, you perceive differently, you feel differently. Oh, because I, oh, I remember that. That's what was going on with Jesus. Now, at the end of the day, I feel sure all the people in these scenes, the women from the tomb and went to the apostles and the travelers, at the end of the day, they all had stuff to do. I bet somewhere that day, those women had to prepare a meal for someone, and they probably had to clean up. They might have had kids running around. They were trying to corral and finally get them quiet so they could go to sleep. Maybe the men had to check on some livestock before the day was over. They had stuff to do. I mean, that, that doesn't change, but I'll bet as they were preparing that meal, as they were checking the livestock... I'll bet they were thinking something different. I'll bet their conversations were different. I'll bet they had a different outlook on what was going on so that they saw, I'm not just going through the motions. This has a bigger meaning than it used to have for me. They're not simply rolling the rock up the hill one more time. Do you know where that comes from? That saying, I mean, some of you might have heard it before. You might have used it before. I just feel like I'm rolling the rock up the hill one more time. It comes from Greek mythology. Uh, it, the, the character is Sisyphus. Now, that's a weird-sounding name in English, I know it is. It makes sense in Greek, but it's S-I-S-Y-P-H-U-S, Sisyphus. Sisyphus was king of Corinth. Now, if you've been around church much, you've heard talk about the Corinthians, the letter, Paul's letters to the Corinthians. Okay, well, that's in Corinth. He was king of Corinth, and he, uh, he really emphasized uh, uh, commerce and uh, trade. They had ports because it was a sea, there were sea ports. And uh, he also was very arrogant and vindictive and violent. And his violence, even against guests in his home and in the palace on occasion, uh, angered the god Zeus. Zeus would not stand for this. 
So he condemned him to go to Hades, where he would be chained up forever. Let's just get, let's just take care of him. Let's put him somewhere we can't, don't have to worry with him anymore. But when he gets to the edge of the river, sticks. If you know Greek mythology, before he gets on to go across the river, he he convinces Persephone to let him go back. With you know, he makes up a story, and she goes, "Okay, you can go back." So he goes back to his physical existence and kind of lives again, except he's the same old terrible person he was before. Well, this really makes Zeus mad. So he sends the god Hermes to go and capture Sisyphus, bind him if he needed to, and drag him to the place where Hades can, can put him where he can't ever get away. And his punishment, he will be punished for all eternity, and the punishment is, is that he will be at the bottom of a hill, and there's a large stone in front of him, and he has to roll that stone up the hill. But Zeus has enchanted the stone so that when he gets to the top, the stone is going to roll away from Sisyphus and go back to the bottom. So he has to go back to the bottom of the hill, roll the stone back up, and it will slip out of his hands. And he'll have to go down. He'll have to roll it up again. And according to Greek mythology, he's doing that to this day. That's where we get the idea of rolling the rock up the hill. This monotonous feeling. So, yeah, sometimes life can feel this way. So we always have stuff to do. But I want you to imagine a, a little bit different scenario. I mean, imagine, imagine yourself that, that, yeah, you there you are at the bottom of the hill. You got to roll a stone. There's, you got stuff to do. You got, but, 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 but it's not just the stuff you got to do. You're, you're kind of wrestling with the why questions. Why is this important? Why does it matter? Why try some days? And you're wrestling with what all that means. And, and some, guy, some guy comes over and walks up and says, tell you what, I got this. And he starts pushing the stone up the hill. And you're like, what are you doing? And he calls back over his shoulder, oh, I have some experience rolling stones away. And you realize, it's Jesus. And all of a sudden, you remember. You start thinking back and you go, oh my goodness, yes, I remember God created me and God loves me. God deeply loves me so much he would send his son to show me that love, this love that is about, and it's about life. It's about a life that, as Jesus said, would be not just life, it'd be abundant life, life to the full. And that, and that, that life is characterized by caring for others and by being generous with the poor and by helping the elderly and by being a good person and, and making, a, making the world a better place. And all of a sudden you realize that that, that that puts into perspective all the stuff you got to do during the week because it's not just corralling the kids, but it's about building character in the kids. It's about teaching and modeling for the kids. It's not just about encountering somebody at a store. It's about maybe offering a bit of grace in a hectic place. Maybe, and all of a sudden you start seeing this is different. This is different. As I understand, the why is all about the fact that when we thought all hope was lost, Jesus was raised. That changes everything. I'm going to invite the band to come back and get into place uh, for our last song as, we, as uh, I pray. So if you would join me in prayer. Oh God, 
we know and trust in all that you do. Sometimes we lose sight of that, and all we see is just what's right in front of us, and we just get frustrated and feel like there's, it's just hopeless. God, help us to remember. Help us to remember all that was accomplished through Jesus Christ, all that was accomplished through all the saints through history who have worked to make the world a better place so that in our life we understand even though we go through the daily things, we too can make a difference where we are. That we too can express that new life that we've received in Jesus Christ. That we can be a witness of that resurrected power that goes through our life as we go through the mundane things of the day. And yet in all those things, we know that you are with us. We know that you strengthen us. We know that you provide for us. Help us to remember those things as we go forward. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. You are invited to worship with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website, mysumc.org. Have a blessed day.